stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Brynick, and this week I'm joined by Shiraz Mian, Zach's Director of Research, to talk about the earnings outlook for 2021. What does it look like after this crazy year with the pandemic? We know some companies are doing really well. Some areas of the economy are doing really well. Can they keep that momentum into 2021? And how expensive is the stock market, both the large caps and the small caps? A lot of people talking about how it's overvalued Shiraz here going into 2021. But is it? I don't know. We're going to discuss it because that seems to be the biggest fear that's out there, I feel, about the overall market, at least, is that, you know, it's it's too hot. It's run too much and it's way overvalued. I get these emails and tweets from the bears saying that it's worse than it, the valuations than in 1999. And we know how that ended. <laughs> That's so, right. Should I be concerned about these things? What, what do earnings look like going into 2021? Uh, so let me, let me just address the valuation question first. Okay. And then we can go into the earnings. The, the valuation question always, uh, since there is a high degree of subjectivity involved in valuation, uh, it's, it's, it's always a heated debate. And uh, your reference is to 99, and there's this, this talk of, uh, of, uh, of these bubbles and the specs and all of that. Uh, so if you look at the multiples on an absolute basis, and you say, uh, say for the S&P 500, it's 22 and a half. As you look for the small caps, the Russell and others, those are uh, at uh, multi-decade highs as well. Uh, and that's the only measure for you that you use to determine value, then yes, we are totally in uncharted territory. And if that's how the markets behaved, uh, then perhaps the outlook is a lot more scary. But I never bought into the valuation multiples as the only framework for determining value. Interest rates are as big a determinant of stock prices as earnings are. And the interest rates that we have now, we have never had that in history either. And a sub-1% interest rate in that environment, a 20, 22, 23 times earnings multiple is a lot lower in reality relative to what we had in 99, 2000, 2001, when interest rates were, the 10-year yield was north of 5%. Yeah. So it's, it's, you, you can't look at these things in isolation. You have to look at the complete picture. Uh, and I think when you do that, uh, I, I don't think stocks are overvalued or there is a bubble or we are anywhere near the craziness that uh, that we went through uh, in the 2000s and 99. And for some of the new folks, that's probably what they read about in, in, in books and stuff. We actually went through that period. That was different. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, it felt a lot different than what it feels like out there right now. Sure, sure. Um, I remember seeing an interview with Warren Buffett maybe, I don't know, it was it was before 2020, so maybe in 2019, one of the ones when he was on CNBC, and it was where you could send in your question to Becky Quick and she would ask him, and they were asking him even in 2019 about the stock market being a bubble and being overvalued. And he gave the response you just gave, not with the interest rates this low. And that was before they went even lower. Absolutely. So he was also looking at the same thing you were. And he said with the rates at those levels of 2019 even, that he was a buyer of stock all the time at those levels. Absolutely. Yeah. The uh, uh, In 2019, we were in this one and a half to two percent range. Yeah. What? Uh, which, if you look back the preceding 20, 30, 40 years, uh, was extremely low. And what we have now is totally unprecedented. And on top of that, we have the Federal Reserve effectively guaranteeing, I mean, to the extent that a government entity or a regulatory entity could guarantee anything, uh, they are saying we will not raise interest rates for a very long time. And people define the very long time anywhere from three to five years. And so you have a sub 1% interest rate and an outlook in which interest rates are expected to remain low for a very long time. And you couple that with outlook for the economy, outlook for major parts of the economy, that have some real momentum behind them. Uh, I find it hard to get bearish on stocks in that environment. Does the possibility of having uh, Yellen at the Treasury along with Powell at the Fed also boost your view of stocks in 2021? I Yes, yes, it does. Uh, but, but to step back from that, Tracy, the... the uh, uh, the tight fiscal policy narrative, uh, the narrative of uh, deficits being in, uh, something to worry about, uh, that has been uh, destroyed and killed in the political elites uh, over the last so many years. So. Uh, it's possible that these things come back. Uh, you never know uh, what politicians will, will will take up a point to kind of raise their own profiles on. But uh, spending uh, uh, without regard to uh, whether it's borrowed money or raised money through revenues uh, has been the norm uh, in the U.S. and all over the world for, for a very long time. And uh, I think that will remain so. Now, the fact that someone as credible as Yellen uh, will be in the Treasury, uh, uh, who has a who has a certain reputation uh, on this issue, uh, and then Powell obviously is, is is someone that the market has has seen and known, uh, totally gives uh, gives credence to this uh, this growth outlook. Okay. Well, that sounds bullish. It is. It is. So let's take a look at the earnings then, because they are expected to rebound into next year. But should anyone be surprised by that? Because they're they declined this year. <laughs> yes. 
So, so we had a, a, about a 16, 17% decline this year. And we will have a 21, 21 and a half percent growth in 2021. And uh, the overall level of earnings in 2021 will effectively reach where we were in 2019. Okay. Now, this is what I'm describing is the uh, is the bottom up aggregate consensus estimates. So all the hundreds and thousands of analysts around there covering their individual companies, we aggregate that to the sector and then the aggregate index level. Uh, if, if I have any worry uh, or doubt about these estimates, it is that uh, they are undercounting uh, the potential growth in 2021. And, and the reason for that is that the traditional framework that all the analysts use uh, for making estimates uh, is, uh, uh, is based on this model of how companies and households uh, and, and industries behave as the economy comes out of a recession. And for history, they use the last 20, 30, 40 years of behavior uh, as they know and as has been documented uh, in the economy. The, the thing that's different this time, and that's always a worrying thing when somebody says yeah. this is different this time, right. that the recession was different. Yeah, This was caused by a healthcare issue. Uh, so the output impact and the production impact and the impact on growth uh, was very severe and very fast. Uh, but once the uh, the healthcare issue is on its way being addressed, uh, uh, it is reasonable to expect. Uh, this is not my base case outlook, and obviously this is not anyone's base case outlook, but there is a reasonable uh, chance that uh, the growth next year will be a lot faster than what consensus numbers currently project. Okay. What do you see as the uh, like year-over-year -year issues that we're going to have? So, for instance... Uh, maybe not so much in the first quarter, but the second quarter that was, you know, severely impacted by the first wave of the shutdowns in the economy. Year over year, companies should be able to easily, you know, beat whatever they did last year. But then by the third quarter, as things reopened this year, things got better. But can they still exceed that in, you know, 2021? Can they beat the uh, quick comeback that they had this year into next year? Yes, uh, I, I strongly believe they can. Uh, and yes, to your point that the uh, Q2 2020 uh, estimates, uh, if, if you look at uh, the uh, today's estimates for Q2 2021, uh, they do represent a huge year over year again. In fact, for the S and P 500, uh, the earnings growth is expected to be 40.4 percent. Wow! Uh, and uh, and the reason for that, uh, as as you alluded to, is 
that the 32.3% decline we had in uh, Q2 2020. Uh, and then things normalize uh, beyond Q2 uh, 2021. So we have a 12% uh, growth in Q3. Uh, the estimates will evolve as we go through the new year. Uh, as we get these Q4 results in January, and analysts uh, digest the commentary from management teams, uh, uh, we will have estimates for Q1 and Q2 adjust. Mm -hmm. That's the norm. That's been the norm all along. Uh, the last few quarters, the last two quarters to be precise, estimates have been going up as we start seeing earnings results come in. In the past, it was the reverse. Estimates would go down. My sense is that as we go through uh, the coming reporting cycles, estimates will keep going up uh, and perhaps go up at a pace that's higher than what we have been seeing over the last two quarters. Okay. Now let's talk about uh, one of the, the big sectors that everybody cares about and that's really driving this market and that's technology. I saw that it's 31.8% of the S&P 500 now. It's by far the largest uh, sector in the S&P 500. Number two is at finance at 12.8 now. So what's happening in tech? I saw in the third quarter that Amazon, you know, they're killing it and they drove a lot of, well, this is on retail. Sorry, we have Amazon in the retail sector. That's right. But on, on Amazon, on the retail side, they drove a lot of what was happening there. And on tech, because Apple and Intel are so large now, too, on the tech sector, they drove a lot of what happened in the third quarter there. What, what is going on with these huge, massive companies? How are they impacting what's happening now with even just like the sector, you know, outlooks and things like that? That's right. Yeah. So these uh, these major companies, uh, you mentioned Apple and Amazon. Uh, then you have Microsoft and Google and Facebook. Uh, all of these are not only big in terms of uh, stock market capitalization, but they are also huge earnings producers. And uh, despite their enormous sizes, uh, they also have uh, impressive growth numbers still. So these are companies that still produce double-digit top-line growth uh, and, uh, and multiples of that on the bottom line. So, so very strong growth in the technology sector. In fact, of the many areas uh, uh, that, that effectively uh, took the pandemic uh, in the stride and didn't show any major uh, uh, slowdown or impact on profitability. Technology has to stand out in that, and uh, and it's it's actually the uh, we all use technology even before the pandemic, uh, but but the fact that technology enabled us uh, to continue operating and continue working. Uh, uh, and not have to have to commute to work and not have to have uh, the uh, uh, the regular interactions that we uh, ha had always associated with, with normal living. 
is is just uh, is just enormous. Uh, so that trend continues, uh, and. Uh, uh, technology is a major growth producer in 2021 and beyond as well. Yeah. So I think people are always surprised to hear because I've tweeted this little stat that you included in your earnings articles about how Apple earnings actually declined 3.9% in the third quarter and Intel's were down 22%. So between those two, they actually pulled down the entire sector from it would have been 20.4. And then if you strip those two guys out, well, no, it was 12.6. If you strip them out, you, you got 20.4% earnings but, growth just by removing those two companies. That's right. Yeah. So Apple, uh, Apple and Intel uh, were drags on the overall uh, technology sector uh, growth in yeah. Q3, uh, and the picture is actually a lot better uh, once you take those companies out, and that's that's actually uh, not unusual for uh, for the uh, for the sector. All these other companies uh, in the sector, uh, the, uh, the 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 Googles, the Microsofts, the Facebooks, and many others uh, have been doing extremely well. And when you look at consensus estimates for uh, for Q4, for Q1, 21, for full year 21 and beyond, uh, that shows continued momentum uh, from the technology sector. Uh, and uh, that's that's one of the reasons why, uh, just getting back to the earlier discussion we had about valuation, that unlike 99 and 2000s where there was a lot of hot air and a lot of hopes and, and dreams about these stocks. Uh, the big winners of the stock market uh, in the recent past have been companies that are enormously profitable and yeah. generate a ton of revenues. Right. They're actually executing, unlike That's right. 1999. That's right. We wanted them to execute in 1999. We hoped in the coming years they would be executing, and now that now they are. That's right. Basically. Okay. Um, what about the S&P 600, the small caps? Because they're suddenly hot. We, we've talked about them before when we've done this podcast on the earnings, but I don't think many people were really paying that much attention because all they do care about it That's was right. caps. But now, after the hottest month ever for the small caps in November here, Suddenly, I'm kind of interested. So do, do we see a similar bullish outlook for their earnings in 2021 as well? Yes, but for different reasons. So uh, the one difference uh, that we have to keep in mind when we are thinking of the small caps versus the large caps is the composition of how the indexes are designed. So the S&P 600 or the Russell 2000, which is kind of like the proxies for the small cap, Technology is not as big of a deal as it is for the large caps. Finance is, energy is, medical is. And, uh, and the outlook for those, while not as strong as it is for the large caps, is a lot better than what we have seen over the last many years. Okay. So, uh, so the, if we just look at the, the pure growth numbers, uh, the S&P 600 uh, 2020 earnings 
are on track to be done. We still don't have the Q4 numbers yet. We have the first three quarters and estimates for Q4. So the 2020 earnings are on track to be down 29.4%. Uh, but 2021 earnings are expected to be up 35.9%. Wow. Uh, and then there is a 2021% a growth expected in 2022 as well. So a, a very strong growth spurt uh, uh, is expected for, uh, for for the small caps. And one, one other small comment, uh, this was uh, 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 related to the, uh, the, uh, the comment I made earlier about how the risk is to the estimates being revised higher. If that thesis plays out, uh, that will have an even more pronounced impact on the small caps than it would have on the large caps because the small caps are a more domestic centric businesses than they are for, uh, for for the large caps. Okay. And how does it play in that there's not, you know, as much analyst coverage of the small caps? Does that mean they they're going to be, you know, not cautious, but are they going to, uh, you know, is that going to skew what we see going forward even even more so than like the large caps will? Like, are they underestimating what the small caps are going to do just because there isn't quite as much, you know, people looking into it or, or I don't know, eyes on it? It, 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 makes, it makes life difficult for folks like us who are in the business of keeping track of these companies. Yeah. Uh, and this is the reality that there is a lot less coverage uh, for the small caps. Uh, let's hope that the sunshine that the group has started getting in recent days is not just a fleeting phenomenon and is something <laughs> enduring. And it will continue in 2021. The reality is that for regular investors, the opportunity of finding uh, real gems and uh, making real money uh, is in the small caps. Yeah. Uh, these are the companies that are uh, that have still to be found. Everybody knows about Apple. Uh, everybody knows about Google and uh, all the other uh, amazing companies that are there. Uh, and uh, 80 of those large caps are covered by 20, 30, 40 analysts. Uh, so the opportunity to make uh, uh, to, to, to make uh, gains that are uh, above anybody's expectation is a lot less over there than it is in these small caps. Uh, so hopefully, uh, if there is a lot more interest in these companies, if these stocks are going up, uh, if they uh, gain more weightage in the market, uh, there will be enough demand in the marketplace to force these brokerage firms uh, to devote more uh, uh, attention to these stocks. Yeah. Okay, so on that note, let me ask you this. You run Zach's top 10 stock portfolio that comes out in early January every year. And it's That's the right. top 10 stocks of the year that you pick. I never know. No one else at Zach's ever really knows what you're doing with it. But given your analysis that you just gave, 
are you looking more at some of the smaller cap type companies for the list going into 2021 versus the large caps? Uh, uh, yes. Okay. That's, that's, that's always been, uh, that's always been my, my desire and interest in picking stocks that are not household names to begin with. Okay. Uh, and uh, if you if if you look at the top ten portfolios for the last many years, uh, uh, the bulk of the stocks uh, would be in that category. And, and w while you brought it up, uh, Tracy, we had we had some amazing performance in uh, uh, in 2020. The uh, top performing stock in the portfolio is up 400 percent. What I don't. Wow, what and can you tell me? What it is? It's it's a, it's a company called C Limited S E. Uh, this is the uh, this is the equivalent of an Amazon in uh, uh, in Southeast Asia. Okay. And then we have another stock that's up two hundred percent. That's that's DocuSign. Oh yeah. Okay, so just to be clear, you bought that in January 2020, DocuSign. That's right. So around this time, <laughs> around this time last year, I'm currently in the process of putting together the list for 2021. Okay. So around this time last year, uh, I uh, I shortlisted this uh, this uh, this portfolio. And there were a couple of other names on my short list that I that I didn't pick. Uh, Teladoc was one of them. Oh. And uh, uh, so it's 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 so yes. To getting back to your question, small caps uh, provide the best opportunity for outperformance for all of us. Uh, for those of us who are in the business of doing this, like like you and I, but for regular investors are saving for their retirement. Uh, it is the small caps uh, that a lot of the people are not talking about. And if you do see your research on uh, the opportunity of, uh, of picking stocks that will grow for years and years to come uh, is a lot higher there uh, than with an Apple or NVIDIA. Yeah, I've always said as as well as you know the fang names or fang man or whatever you want to call them the big cap guys are doing and it's been phenomenal what they've been able to uh the growth rates that they're still doing but eventually alphabet won't be able to grow those revenues 20 percent a year anymore i mean i'm shocked they're still doing it 20 years on That's but right. eventually that will slow it just will so yeah to find that kind of growth you have to go to these small small caps i've got a couple small caps in my value investor portfolio that um i'm surprised at how well they're doing but the small caps in general now have exploded so it's being caught up in some of that momentum but it only has one estimate on it on zax.com so and you know very few people follow it on stock Twits. no one knows what it is you That's know right. but it's those types of companies if, if we're going to see a, a boom come out of this pandemic that are really going to see big growth. Yes. And, and uh, this morning, uh, there was a note from from Goldman Sachs uh, 
which made me feel good about this thesis I've been having for a while that the likelihood of the recovery in 2021 could potentially be stronger than all of us are projecting. Uh, uh, Goldman uh, 2021 GDP growth estimate is 5.3%. Wow. Uh, the consensus number is 3.8%. So uh, the uh, uh, and a lot of the reasons uh, they give for being so uh, uh, out of the uh, the range for consensus are along the lines of uh, what we discussed earlier. Uh, that this is a different type of recovery. Uh, the nature of the pullback was different. Uh, the forces holding the economy down were different. And right. as we come out of it with the help of, uh, of vaccines and therapeutics, uh, the impact that will have on us as consumers and households and companies uh, will be different than what we are used to seeing coming out of recessions. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, I'm excited about your new top 10 now. I, I always get excited, but now that you're you're talking about the process and all that, I'm interested to see what's gonna be on that list. So anyone out there, if you're interested, it launches at the beginning of January. So go on zax.com, you'll see ads on their way. You can sign up so you can get the new top 10 and then they'll still see what happens to the old top 10. Is that still on there or does that go away immediately? So it'll it remains through the end of the year. Okay. Uh, they, so the the uh, the one that we were discussing earlier, yeah. uh, that is that is on the site currently, and uh, uh, it should be there. Okay. Uh, uh, and I I think if they if they do like one of the trials or something like that, they could see uh, they could see this and other portfolios. Okay. Well, that's good to know because it does sound like things are looking like they could be very bullish in 2021. Yes, yes, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I just listened in on the uh, conference call for Toll Brothers and it was so bullish in this last quarter for them that they were intentionally slowing their business. They were like restricting how many homes they certain sales centers could sell because they don't want to get too many orders because then their backlog is like, you know, it puts a strain on the rest of the business because they don't necessarily have enough construction workers and like, right. the land and you need the electricians and the plumber guys and all that. And so they were intentionally trying to restrain some of it. And I haven't heard anybody talk about that. <laughs> That's right. Oh. That's right. Uh, so yeah, we'll see. They they see these trends going on in a, into 2021, and that's what also I feel makes it very different from a normal type of recession because you don't see housing doing that during a recession. That's right. <laughs> so we already have certain areas of the economy, you know, doing really well as as we get those vaccines and all of that. Coming that's up. right. Okay, so if you're interested in buying the small caps and and you don't um, want to necessarily buy individual stocks too, I always recommend the ETFs. You, there are a couple of small cap ETFs out there. There's the iShares small cap ETF. It's IJR. And then there's the S&P small cap 600 ETF, which will track what we were just talking about, the S&P 600. That's SLY. And then there's the Russell 
2000, which is obviously 2000 stocks instead of 600, and that's IWM. And then we also mentioned a couple other stocks here today, Apple, AAPL, Intel, INTC, um, and then at the end here, a couple that are in the Zach's top 10 right now, SE is C limited, Shaz, you said? That's that? right. That's right. SE, DocuSign, D-O-C-U, Teladoc, is that T-D-O-C, Teladoc? And so, yeah, be sure to uh, check out that top 10 because that's always a fun portfolio and it had a great year this year and, and even the year before that, I just always check it out because okay. it's always interesting to see what names make that list. Um, and as always, you need to subscribe so you can get all of our podcasts here at Zach's on Market Edge because we're going to be covering everything that we see maybe coming down the pike here in 2021 over the next couple of weeks. So you can get us on SoundCloud, of course, and many of you are on there, but we are on Spotify and we're on Apple Podcasts. But get us somewhere and I'll see you again next week with some more stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.